everybody. Welcome back to the Whitney Libraries podcast, Story to Discovery. Um, my name is Kylie. My name is Erin. My name is Bria. We have a special guest with us again this week. Um, Bria is here. We're going to be talking about um, music and literacy in books. We are coming to you oh, from yes. our new sounds. Well, not quite a sound stage. Sound <laughs> booth. We don't have a whole stage. We have a booth. Um, but hopefully we sound better than normal, um, and we can thank the beautiful Bria because she was instrumental. Oh, funny! Instrumental <laughs> in setting all of this up. Um, and also, just so you all know, we didn't just like roll the dice and randomly choose Bria to have this conversation with us today. There was some thought behind it. Do you feel comfortable sharing, like? why we wanted to talk with you about music and literacy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have, well, I, as mentioned earlier, I put together the Discovery Zones sound booth, which is where we're recording from right now, fun fact. Um, and um, I've been working with bands uh, in the local music scene for probably just under 10 years now. So I'm very active in the local music scene. I'm very passionate about it. I've actually done another podcast on a very similar topic. It was like music during the time of COVID and like how it helps our brains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very passionate about music. I even have guitar tattoos. So that should, <laughs> tell you, that should tell you a little bit about how much I love music. So I'm very, really thankful to have the opportunity. Well, we're so thankful that you yeah. We're willing to come and talk yeah, with us. Of course. So I know you've got a little bit of info for us. Yeah. Yeah. Take it away. Uh, just some general notes on music and literacy that I came across in my research. That was super fun. Um, one of the points I have here is music has been shown to help people absorb information and improve literacy in children by firing up certain parts of the brain that aren't necessarily active together. So music uses all parts of the brain in sync and strengthens synaptic and neural connections. When you build these bridges from childhood, children are more adaptable. Um, and studies have shown that babies and preschool children exposed to music have better hormonal regulation, sleep and brain activity, which we all know makes um, literacy and education much easier for mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. Um, and it also helps children with their listening vocabulary and promotes language proficiency, especially when you're singing lullabies and when they're also participating in the um, musical activities. Basically, that's the gist of especially story times and children and literacy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's even um, there's even a company. I, well, I won't say company. There's a program called Every Child Ready to Read, mm -hmm. which is something that we implement at our library and like a lot of other early literacy places, whether that be library or centers, will implement that too. And one of the main points is singing and yes. how big it is in terms of promoting proper literacy and like the like understanding of things and it just it clicks something in the brain that other things can and it's, yeah uh, yeah it makes a big difference it just totally maps out your whole brain yes yeah. which is awesome and it's the same thing for adults too like if you're listening to music when studying for example i know lots of people that do that and mm -hmm. they say like it helps improve your focus comprehension creative understanding it's really good for everybody but especially good when you're learning it when you're super young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on like reading and music, I was doing a little bit of research on it too. And um, reading is a skill that combines several different neural processes, including 
um, vision for seeing what's on the page and hearing to kind of connect what you're seeing to what you've heard before and also language comprehension. And that's similar to when you're playing music, you have to see the notes and hear what you're playing to know that it's right and kind of understand that it's being played in the right um, right way and at the right time and at the right pitch. So the research that I was showing shows that um, if you're learning music and you're kind of learning to read it, it also helps you with reading a book because it kind of helps you break down um, text in a similar way yeah. as learning music, which I thought was quite fascinating. Wow. Same skills. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like music can also really improve your reading experience mm. for some people as well. And so I'm, I don't necessarily mean like people singing you a song. <laughs> well, because we all know that like we started as an oral tradition, yeah. right? And like a lot of our songs were passed down orally as well as musically. But I know like I've read many books that revolve around music that will include like lyrics to songs that the author has made up yeah. or written, I should say. And it really like adds something to the story, right? Mm -hmm. Because like it's another way of you getting into the that character's head and seeing where they're at. But alternatively, like does anyone remember reading fan fiction? We've all read fan fiction, yeah. right? We've all read fanfic. And for those of you who don't know what fan fiction is, essentially sometimes we just love, uh, the general public loves books so, so much that we go and write our own stories um, using characters that other authors have created. Mm -hmm. So there's many websites um, that cater to fan fiction, but I remember reading it, especially as a teenager, there would be playlists yeah. made by that author to go with certain oh, that's like, cool. scenes and stuff for the book, right? Yeah. So if they were at a club or a bar and there was a song playing, they would create that playlist and you could go jump to like the YouTube video of that and listen to the song like as you were reading. And it really just enhanced the reading experience yeah. for me personally anyway. It kind of like, it was another level of being in the story. Well, and on that note, like I know a lot of published authors who will create like Spotify yes. playlists yeah. for um, their books or like for their, for a certain character, they'll be like, hey, this is what I listen to yep. while writing this. Or like, these are some songs that I think that they would like. And it is, it, you know, you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, music and books, but it actually is like really prevalent in a lot of like reading and writing. And, Hugely. Yeah. Even if you just check out that Spotify playlist of you're like, oh, well, these are songs that remind me of this character, mm -hmm. right? And there are some authors that are absolutely incredible with their character development. And that is something that I love in fiction is like really good character development. But if you give me a playlist <laughs> and I can go, especially as like a musician, and I can go and listen to that, like it just adds so many levels and so many layers to that character's development and like yeah. creation. Sarah J. Maas would do that in her Sarah newsletter. Sarah J. Maas does that. She's the queen. We all love her. She'll send up and be like, this is the, the song I listen to while writing this battle. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh, gosh, I have to listen to it. And then now. it's like battle music. And you're like, I'm going to listen to the song while reading the battle. And it's amazing. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's really cool about it as well is um, if when, when you're reading something, you don't want to be listening to the wrong side yeah. of the music. And that connects to like the emotional side, yes. less scientific part of the brain when you're talking about reading and literacy. So if you're listening to like metal while you're reading a book about Zen, you yeah. make some really weird emotional connections there. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, like poetry is a perfect example. Like music is just poetry yes. set to like music, yeah. essentially. So when you like 
And that, that was a lot of the ways that anthropologically, like, history and yes. myths and stories were passed down yeah. was through song mm -hmm. so it like that has been the spotify playlist is like the new like oral history yeah, yeah. it makes a huge yeah. difference and like we can even see the popularity in you know the general public and out in the world so like i read a book a few years ago called daisy jones and the six it's huge by now. taylor yeah. jenkins reed and it was a fantastic book and i loved it and like a quick blurb about the book is essentially these two bands the six and a solo artist daisy jones and it's set in the 70s and essentially it's how their music producers and whoever was um you know covering them at the time basically put them together into one band and they blew up and the book is a fictional representation of essentially the rise and fall of this band and everything that mm -hmm. happened in between and there were music lyrics written by the author included in the story and it blew up it blew up to the point that now there is a netflix show mm -hmm. yep. with real music they've taken the music that the author wrote and had someone actually like write the music for it oh yeah and she, they took you know taylor jenkins reads lyrics and they turned it into a song and that is just like a small snippet of how powerful it can be and how big it can touch people like when they're reading it and yeah. it turns into another form of media that other people can now ingest yeah if totally they didn't sure. read it right that must be so cool for that author now to have like her actual songs right yeah. that would be so cool. and things that she never really thought would would go off page yeah. yeah and to be able to see that i can't imagine what that feels like i haven't watched the show yet though i'm a bit of a purist so i'm a little scared because <laughs> i know they've changed themselves but, mixed reviews. <laughs> but i've also heard that it's just like the acting is yeah. incredible and you know sam yes i do love him <laughs> so yeah i mean there's there's scientific evidence and like bria said there's like tons of anthropological evidence about how big an impact it makes mm -hmm. you know in terms of literacy but also enjoying reading materials later yeah. on in life too so so should we talk about so bria is new here hey bria yeah. hey she's hey, she's up? not new to kylie and i kylie and i know bria very well because we all work together but she's new to you guys and we love her um so what we usually do on the podcast is we just do a quick little blurb about anything that we're reading right now mm -hmm. are you reading anything right now that you would like to tell us about um i'm always reading like a couple of things <laughs> yes. same same yeah welcome to the club you fit perfectly <laughs> yeah. um so but right now i'm in school for tantra so i'm reading like a whole bunch of like like hindu texts and stuff like that like yoga stuff but um i'm also reading because it's also like about emotional boundaries and stuff so that new book that came out called the book of boundaries ah. i don't remember the author's name that's I've, okay i've been reading that one right now um and another book called awakening shakti by sally kempton both non-fiction books mm -hmm. but they go like the book of boundaries one is like kind of like a self-help thing but the awakening shakti one is like it's non-fiction but it's also like a lot of it's like myth mm. and what's it about because i'm already I'm already pulled in. Yeah, it's, um, well, it goes through the different um, uh, goddesses of the Hindu religion. So it tells their stories. It tells you how you can, like, embody them. And, um, yeah, really fascinating, cool, ancient kind of history stuff. So, Sold. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Sold. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. And it's all, like, mythological. It's not so much 
like real or anthropological or scientific. It's all things that have been passed down and there's so many different ver versions of the same myth, but this lady puts them all into one and tells you about how they're all part of the same goddess, which is Shakti. I love that. What about you, Kylie? What are you reading? Ooh, okay, so I am reading um, actually what Jess mentioned in our last podcast, the Finley Donovan is Killing It series. <laughs> the trilogy I finished. Did I finish them? No, I didn't finish them. I finished the second one. Okay. Um, so by El Cosimano, they are um, hilarious and also really dark. Um, <laughs> it's a great combo. Um, it basically follows, as we mentioned um, on our last episode, if you didn't listen, um, it follows a um, romantic suspense author named Finley, um, who basically is overheard in a Panera talking about her new book. Um, and the person who overhears her thinks that she's a contract killer. So, but really, she's just she's a just an writer. author. <laughs> she's, she's just an author, um, and leaves like a note on her table that's like, call this number, like this person's name, and she's like, what a weird note. Calls the number, and basically, um, it's this woman being like, I have a job for you. <laughs> so, I finished the second one. There's, it's wild. There are like mafia ties. Amazing. It's, it basically it just it's a. Um, it, it's kind of a mess, yeah. but like really funny. But a good mess. And also like kind of intense. Like at one point I was like, oh my God, I can't stop reading this. Like what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, also fantastic audiobooks. Um, I kind of listened to them and read them. So I have the first one at home. It's really good. I have it at home. <laughs> I'm in the middle of like three different books right now, as usual. Yeah. So I need to get to it. Um, but the one I'm currently hooked on right now is so good. It's called The Night Shift oh, by yeah. Alex Finley. And it starts in 1999. We all have a bit of a blast from the past in a blockbuster. So obviously I was sold uh, on chapter one. And because I may or may not still have my old blockbuster card. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> so essentially it's a whole bunch of teenagers and they're closing down the blockbuster. And, you know, two of the girls have been, you know, in the back for like 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, one girl and their manager is just sort of like, I don't know what they're doing. Like he goes, can you just go check on them? And she's like, fine. So she goes to the back and she immediately sees like two pairs of legs just sticking up from behind a wall. Ooh. And someone comes up from behind her and everything goes black. And so now you're in present day and you realize that unfortunately this was like a mass murder that somebody killed all of these people. Um, but the girl that went to go check on everybody actually survived. And she's like, you know, she's a final girl. She's the only one. Cool. And so now there has been a similar event at a ice cream parlor. We have a final girl left as well. Um, the girl from before is now a therapist and she's still in contact with like the police and everything like that. And so they call her in to talk to this new girl. They're like, if anybody knows what she's going through, it's you. And so she goes in to talk to her and she realizes that um, the killer said the exact same thing to this girl as was said to her. And so, you know, and so it's, it's I don't want to spoil it, but I'm, it's so good. I'm like 50% of the way through it. And I'm broken because I forgot my book at home <laughs> and I can't read it on my dinner break. But I'm, bless you. <laughs> um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And the other one I'm reading is called, goodness gracious, what's it called? Uh, Two Wrongs Make a Right. It's a rom-com and it follows, um, 
to a neurodivergent couple, which I think is is great. I love reading about, you know, different experiences. So the female main character is autistic and the male main character, I believe, um, I haven't got super, super far. All I know about him is that he has an anxiety disorder mm -hmm. that he deals with on the regular. And so their friends are trying to like push them together and they're obviously not getting along because neither one of them communicates um, as an average person would. And so they, the friends basically set them up on a blind date, not knowing who the other person is. So they're texting. So it kind of works a lot better with the brain, the way that their brains are working, yeah. um, especially for the female MC who's autistic. And unfortunately she gets really frustrated because she takes things very literally. And sometimes she won't pick up on something or she'll say something and she'll offend somebody and she has a hard time processing that. So this is a really great way for them to communicate. So I'm just, you know, like a third of the way through the book and they haven't, they don't realize that that's who they're talking to yet. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll be funny once they do realize that, but I, I don't remember the author at the top of my head, but it's, it's very sweet so far. That sounds good. And quite funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a good time. But you've got some yeah, we have new some, books. Some new books coming out in April. New books. So one of the first new ones we've got is a favorite author of mine. Her name's Emily Henry, and the book is called Happy Place. Have you read that one yet? I feel like I did. <laughs> um, no, no, I didn't. I asked for the ARC, and I got denied. <gasps> so sad. So an ARC is an advanced reader's copy, if anyone was curious. Okay, so happy place. Harriet and Wynne have been the perfect couple since they met in college, except now, for reasons they're still not discussing, they don't. They broke up five months ago and still have not told their best friends, which is how they find themselves sharing a bedroom at the main cottage that has been their friend group's yearly getaway for the last decade. Their annual respite from the world where for one vibrant, blissful week, they leave behind their daily lives and soak up the salty coastal air with the people who understand them the most. Only this year, Harriet and Wynne are lying through their teeth while trying not to notice how desperately they still want to be together. The cottage is for sale, and this is the last week they will all have together in this place. They can't stand to break their friends' hearts, so they'll play their parts. It's a flawless plan if you look at it from a great distance and through a pair of sunscreens and sunglasses. After years of being in love, how hard can it be to fake it for one week in front of those who know you best? That sounds good. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Emily Henry. Everything she's written has been like a knock out of the park for me. So. Yeah. You are a big fan. I am a big <laughs> fan. What do we have next, Brianna? So next we have Symphony of Secrets by Brendan Slocum. Byrne Hendricks has just received the call of a lifetime. As one of the world's preeminent experts on the famed 20th century composer Frederick Delaney, Byrne knows everything there is to know about the man behind the music. When a board member of the Distinguished Delaney Foundation and direct descendant of the man himself asks for Byrne's help authenticating a newly discovered piece, which may be his famous lost opera, he jumps at the chance. With the help of his tech-savvy acquaintance, Ebony, Byrne soon discovers that the truth is far more complicated than history would have them believe. In 1920s Manhattan, Josephine Reed is living on the streets and frequenting jazz clubs when she meets the struggling musician Fred Delaney. But where young Delaney struggles, Josephine soars. She's a natural prodigy who hears beautiful music in the sounds of the world around her. With Josephine as his silent partner, Delaney's career takes off, but who is the real genius here? In the present day, Byrne and Ebony begin to, begin to uncover the more, more clues that indicate 
Delaney may have had help in composing his most successful work. Armed with more questions than answers and caught in the crosshairs of a powerful organization who will stop at nothing to keep their secret hidden, Byrne and Ebony will have more heaven and earth in their dogged quest to right history's wrongs. That sounds really good. That it's, sounds really good. Yeah, and it sounds like a really accurate reflection of how music history literally mm-hmm. has truly panned out. Yeah. yeah. Always like the woman behind the curtain. Yeah, quite literally, literally yeah. 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 Um, and so you have another one here. Yeah. Um, Our last um, book that we're going to highlight here for April is In the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Klune. In a strange little home built into the branches of a grove of trees live three robots. Fatherly inventor android Giovanni Lawson, a pleasantly sadistic nurse machine, and a small vacuum desperate for love and attention. Victor Lawson, a human, lives there too. They're a family, hidden and safe. The day Vic salvages and repairs an unfamiliar android labeled Hap, he learns of a shared dark past between Hap and Giovanni, a past spent hunting humans. When Hap unwittingly alerts robots from Giovanni's former life to their whereabouts, the family is no longer hidden and safe. Gio is captured and taken back to his old laboratory in the city of Electric Dreams. So together, the rest of Vic's assembled family must journey across an unforgiving and otherworldly country to rescue Giovanni from decommission, or worse, reprogramming. Along the way to save Giovanni, amid conflicted feelings of betrayal and affection for Hap, Vic must decide for himself. Can he accept love with strings attached? TJ Klune writes wild books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was looking it up too, it's um like a Pinocchio retelling. Oh, is that why his name's Giovanni? I think so. Oh, stop. That's so cute. Yes, yeah, so it's like uh, you know the the futuristic Pinocchio. Wow. <laughs> with robots instead of. Do you know what it reminds me of? What? Cinder. Oh, yes. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, there's a series by Marissa Meyer. Yes. Is that the name of the author? Yeah. Who um, does fairy tale retellings. Yeah. The first one is Cinder, and it's essentially like a futuristic Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Android Cinderella, I think, right? Yeah. 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 But we also have some hidden gems, or in case you missed it. Um, So the first one is a book that I've actually read before, and it's very sweet. I really enjoyed it. Um, And it's also got a music theme, so it's called The Happily Ever After Playlist by Abby Jimenez. Um, And it says, Sloane can't catch a break. Two years after losing her fiancé, her life consists of cemetery visits, unorthodox art projects, and drinking sessions with her best friend, Kristen. So, when a dog dashes in front of her car and gets her a ticket for obstructing traffic, Sloane is at her wit's end. But after meeting the ridiculously attractive and charming owner of the troublemaking retriever, she begins to think that maybe her luck has finally started to turn around. When Jason Larson, a.k.a. Jackson Waters, rock and roll's newest prodigy, turns on his phone after a two-week hiking trip in Australia. He's shocked to find out that his beloved dog, Tucker, escaped his babysitter as being held hostage by a beautiful woman. As Jason and Sloan begin to fall for each other's past traumas and rising tensions prove that their seemingly perfect match just may really be dogs. It was a cute book. I really liked it. (laughs) Yeah. What else do we have here? Okay, so the next hidden gem we have is The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith. So the synopsis here is, right after the sudden death of her mother, her first and most devoted fan, and just before the launch of her high-stakes sophomore album, Greta James falls apart on stage. The footage quickly goes viral and she stops playing, her career suddenly in jeopardy, the kind of jeopardy her father, Conrad, has always predicted, the kind he warned her about when he urged her to make more practical choices with her life. 
Months later, Greta, still heartbroken and very much adrift, reluctantly agrees to accompany Conrad on the Alaskan cruise her parents had booked to celebrate their 40th anniversary. It could be their last chance to heal old wounds in the wake of shared loss. But the trip will also prove to be a voyage of discovery for them both, and for Ben Wilder, a charming historian on board to lecture about the call of the wild. As Greta works to build back her confidence and Ben confronts an uncertain future, they find themselves drawn and drawn to and relying on each other. It's here in this unlikeliest of places, at sea, far from the packed city venues where she usually plays and surrounded by the stunning scenery of Alaska, where Greta will finally confront the choices she's made, the heartbreak she's suffered, and the family hurts that run deep. In the end, she'll have to decide what her path forward might look like and how to find her voice again. Oh, that yeah. sounds really sweet. But also, like, I would cry. Yeah. Yes. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like it would make a good movie. Yes. yes. Yep. Absolutely. I've read this author's um, YA stuff too. I didn't. I didn't know she had um, an adult book, but I was very excited when I saw that she great writer. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's got Kylie's seal of approval, so yeah. I trust her. Um, okay. So last up on our hidden gems um, is *The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes* by Zio Axelrod. Growing up in dive bars up and down the East Coast, Tony Bennett's guitar was her only companion, until she met Sebastian Quick. Seb was a little older, a lot wiser, and before long he was Tony's way out, promising they'd escape their stifling small town together. Then Seb turned 18 and split without looking back. Now Tony's all grown up and making a name for herself in Philadelphia's indie scene. When a friend suggests she try out for a hot new up-and-coming band, Tony decides to take a chance. Strong, feminist, and fierce as fire, Tony B and the Lilies are the perfect match. Except now Seb's moonlighting as their manager. Whatever, Tony can handle it. No problem. Or it wouldn't be if Seb sti didn't still hold a piece of her heart. Not to mention the key to her future. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> well, that's a going on the to read list. Right? <laughs> I really, the cover of that one is great too. Oh yeah, you were just you were just looking at it. Great yeah, cover. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so we just want to... Big thank you. Send out a big thank you to Priya yes, yes. for being here with us today. Thank um, just you. To you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> we appreciate you. We do. Um, just a few reminders. As always, please feel free to email us your reviews of your favorite books so we can share them in an upcoming episode. Um, you can send all of our reviews uh, via email or you can contact us on social media. Um, as usually, we're, or as usual, I should say, we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, so Discovery Zones. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked We're about that. Right We're now. in one. So we've got a sound booth. So, I mean, if you want to come on down, you can uh, start your own podcast. You can record your own music. Um, it's pretty legit in here. Um, but if you want to pop by, you can learn and create with some of the items and technologies that we've got. We've got butt makers, crickets, a massive formal printer, and lots more. Mm -hmm. Um, and a reminder, we also have some amazing book clubs. We've got a 2S LGBTQ plus book club that we have in partnership with other libraries in the region, which is fantastic. We also have our own adult book clubs at all of our locations. So you can check out our website for more registration information. And uh, last but not least, we have um, an author visit coming up, yeah. not till June. Um, so we do have author and poet Farzana Doctor coming on June 17th. Um, so she will be doing some readings. She's going to be interviewed by local author Susanna Kearsley. Um, and we will also have a local bookshop here to sell some of her stuff as well. So we are all looking forward to that. Awesome. Thanks Wonderful. so much for joining us. Bye. We'll see you Bye. next time. Bye.